0: If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello today on the podcast we have Andrea and Andrea caught my attention because she is just such a, a radiant positive light in the world and we met through another friend of ours Layla Layla B who many of you know because she was on the podcast a little while ago um, and doing a, a postpartum summit together and both of us are really really passionate about postpartum and really really passionate about reconnecting with our ancestors and I wanted to invite Andrea on the show because I think Andrea you just have Uh, an amazing way of expressing things in a really positive way that um, that makes people really want to dive into their own ancestry as well, which is obviously something I really love. I really care about that. Mm -hmm. And particularly, I mean, you can introduce yourself how Mm -hmm. you like to be described, but as an African-American woman, that must be particularly difficult um, to be able to reconnect with those roots. I mean, that is a really unique challenge so you've done amazingly well to both reconnect mm-hmm. with that and then to share that with the world as well so um yes you do you want to tell me and i know you have as well some amazing education credentials too so
1: <laughs> hit me up tell,
0: tell me uh, about yourself
1: <laughs> hi julia um well well first let me say how much you caught my attention um uh, because we both worked together uh, as presenters. We both presented during the summit, and it was uh, wonderful. Uh, you were also a very, very radiant energy. You spoke to me, you spoke to me, spoke to me. So I have to say that um, just to start, how much of an impact that you had on me. I really just, I never, I'll, I'll start, I'll introduce myself first, um, but I just want to say this. I had never um, met someone that wasn't, you know, well, that was like European descendant that was like, I want to connect with my ancestors. I'd never met that. I'd never heard that in my ear. And I was like, wait a minute. So you need to know before we begin that you really, you were one of the first people that I heard and you transformed a major part of the way that I think. So, you need to know that. So, oh, it's a big
0: <laughs> old Andrea and Julia love fest.
1: <laughs> yes. So, I am Andrea Little Mason, um, Dr. Andrea Little Mason, affectionately known as Dr. Dula. Um, I um, am not a medical doctor, but I am a doctor of education and I specialize in curriculum and, and instruction. Um, as far as professionally in education, I'm mathematics. Um, some engineering, things like that. But because of the call that I feel, I find myself in birth. Um, so I um, have a husband of 24 years, working on 25 in May. I have four sons, 23, 21, 16, and 14. Um, and I find myself I don't I I honestly I go back often and say how did I find myself in birth and the truth of the matter is that I feel like it's almost the only way I can say this I just feel like there's this call it's like come like I always say wait a minute I have I could have started this when I was 20 if this was where I was going to end up. I could have started this when I was younger. I, am, uh, I was basically turning 40. I had finished my doctorate program. I looked up and I found myself planted in birth, literally. The moment that I submitted my final um, dissertation for approval, I went on the internet and I saw something about birth pop up and it just, and so I'm here. And you know, I've, I've, there have been times when I've been disillusioned by things that feeds why and how I do what I do now, but I just never expected to be here, but it's a calling. I call it I consider it a calling. Yeah, and, I, I
0: absolutely you know. talk about it in the same way. And, and often people yeah. say, oh, you know, how come you do what you do and how did you even know? Because it's not really a thing, you know, like being yeah. in, in our culture now, we've lost so much touch with these traditions that it's not really yeah. a thing to be a postpartum doula or to, yeah, yeah, to know and care about that stuff. And I was like, well, I, as soon as I heard about it, I just had no choice. You know, there was that was yes. just, <laughs> that was just it. I had to figure out how to do it, even though I didn't have – that anyone to teach me or those traditions, you know, like it wasn't like I could go to university and study this. Um, so I just had to think outside the box and and find the answers in all sorts of different ways. So yeah, yes, here we are
1: answering the calling. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a particular, it's, it's very unique um, with women of African descent in the United States, um, because it's such a recent history and it's one where, you know, um, my father or or I have relatives that can tell me about a time that was very different only 50 or so years ago. They can tell me about the times when they weren't allowed to be in hospitals or when they weren't allowed to do certain things. And so it's very recent, but for so many, those two or maybe three generations feel like such a, like just a big, gulf that is so hard to, to cross and build a bridge to but I always try to encourage people that we have to do that because um that's what sustained us that that's what has kept us and as women of African descent in this country I have a blog that I do uh, Dr. Dula says and <laughs> I was looking researching something and I don't know why I put it in the blog post, uh, in the search engine in Google, I put Black pregnant women. And I was floored by what I saw. Just a whole there was a litany of Black women die, why Black women and babies don't survive, what's killing Black women, and, and I just basically took all of the headings, I took every title and I put it there and I just called the, the post, I said google black pregnant women and see what comes up we know that that our uh, maternal and infant mortality rates are higher and there's an effort to call forth doulas and to call forth the black midwife again that 50 years ago whenever i (laughs) talked to older people they're like they were everywhere and now they're not but there's also something else that i believe that we're missing the way that we as women of African descent were able to sustain ourselves was a little different than what's modeled now. And that was inviting the average person to just, to embrace birth. You know, if I speak to my great aunt who's 90 years old and I ask her and I say, Hey, um, So did all of your children, I asked her about her births. She told me with one of them, she said, well, the midwife didn't make it. So my mom and my aunt had to help me. There was not the fear. People, I often say this, I said, you know, there people were more likely to know what birth sounded like. You know, what, what birth smelled like. Their senses were likely, women were likely to be exposed to that. And so, because I love postpartum as well, (laughs) just very natural things that occur around birth and around the postpartum period, those very natural things that were described to me by my father, by my aunts. Well, what did you all do with the women from down the street? They would come and they would help me waiting for the midwife waiting. And then after the midwife left, this is what the women in the community did. This is what the women did. Um, so when it comes to looking at this, and I don't want to over talk or anything, but <laughs> um, but when it comes to looking at this, um, at this point, there are more Black women that are saying, okay, I want a doula, I need a doula. But the challenge becomes the profession, um, looking at it as a profession. And there's I, I, the only thing I can guess is that there's something in them that tells them, I don't know if I want to pay this many dollars to have someone come and wait on me this way. I don't know. I don't know what that is. um, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I look at it as, as a multi-pronged approach. If we're looking at reducing infant mortality rates and maternal mortality rates, then you have your trained professionals, but then the average black person, black woman also needs to kind of say, okay, Let me reacquaint myself with something that I was told that was beneath me. You know, I was told was the old way. I was told was backwards. I was told this was not whatever. Let me reacquaint myself with these things. And then those that are not in a position necessarily to hire help because they maybe are financial challenges or whatever, then they can do that. They, they can, I don't know, just a culture around that. So if, if you're not able to hire that for yourself. Then you can. You, all is not lost. I'll say it that way.
0: Yeah, I agree because I mean, traditionally, it would have a lot of been your mother, your aunts, your sisters. You know, like it, you know, and I do think women should be paid well for their skills. But as well, if you don't have the money for that, there should be still a cultural framework that means that it doesn't mean there's nothing. Um, sorry, I just want to stop you because I noticed you never used the word
1: African American. Is that a word you prefer not to be called? No, not at all. It's oh, amazing. Okay. Okay. It's amazing because actually in this frame, I, I I will vacillate between many things. Black woman, African-American woman. And, and amazingly, some people are like, I don't want to be called African-American woman. I don't want to be called uh, on my website. Often there's, you know, I'm reaching out to blah, blah, blah for African-American women. Um, everyone here identifies however they want. So you might hear Uh, Mm -hmm. an African in America, or you might hear diasporic African or African American. So you're likely to hear me just go all all of
0: the terms.
1: Yeah. Just so that it it includes everyone. Yeah. Everyone. So, you know, I'm talking to you, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so tell me about your personal journey then. How do you, you've obviously asked your own grandmother and um, your family, have you been able to go any further back? Like, do you know where your
1: origins are? um no well most most african american people do are not able to track that um that was one of those special things that were done with the intermixing and breeding of languages cultures and everything um so most will not be able to pinpoint um most will not be able to pinpoint where they came from from the continent of africa but then Many will be able to say, well, I know my family is from Mississippi or Alabama or South Carolina. They can pinpoint it there. And then if there are some old records um, that were kept, um, most likely like a slave record or something of that sort, then there might be a name that can be connected. But all of those things were uh, were, were where people were listed as property. if you of African descent, now not all people always say, well, not all, but the majority <laughs> of um, those that have been here since that time would have a history that was um, related to some type of ancestral relative that had been enslaved at some point, the majority. Um, for my personal journey, amazingly, my mother, um she, She passed away three months before I I got married. But what she told me, she would say, don't worry about having a baby. I'm going to come. She was a teacher. Um, She taught me in high school and everything. She says, don't worry. I'm going to come. When you have your baby, I'll tell you everything that you need to do. I'm going to take off a year because she was a math teacher and she was like, she was one of those that never missed school, never took holiday or anything like that. So she was like, don't worry. I've got days stored up. And that was back before they, you know, (laughs) put limitations on how many days you could take off. So she had like a year of vacation and she passed away right before I got married. And I was devastated because all I knew was that she said there were things that I could know. Now, My mother's family grew up on, my mother grew up on a farm, like what we call red dirt roads here. I don't know what color your dirt roads might be there, but this is like a a red dirt, (laughs) (laughs) you know, red in the woods, like there's unpaved. That's where she grew up. That's where we spent our, you know, three months out of the year in the summer. And all I knew was that she said, I will show you everything. I'll, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it and then she wasn't there. Um, So I had moved up north to Chicago with my husband, and he basically was my support system. Uh, He was there for all of my births, but I always just felt, I felt as if there's something that she said she was going to tell me. She never told me. And I would push past that. I had my sons, but there was always something in between. I would read books. Uh, I thought about becoming a midwife because I kept feeling this tug um, towards things and nothing, it, You know, I would, I, here um, in Illinois, you have to go through nursing school. I already had my master's degree. I did not want to start over. And so I was like, no, I, maybe midwife is not for me. I don't know, so kept having my children. Um, and I finally, I just, I, it came up. It was just like I, I would have friends that were pregnant. I was like, I just knew I was supposed to be there, Julia. I knew I was supposed to be there. I didn't know why. I didn't understand why these women didn't want me there. Whether it was for birth or after birth, nothing. It's like, let me cook for you. I was like, let me cook meals for you. Let me come help you with your kids nothing and and they were just like why are you doing that why are you you know why are you being that way so it was a strange situation that went on for many years um and in yeah, fact we, when we I live did- in
0: this culture where people are so independent they almost take yeah. it as an insult like what do you it think is. i can't cope you know i can do this i'm fine rather than accepting that actually it's the norm to to be supported by your women you know that's such a normal thing throughout history
1: it is it is, it absolutely is. And I was offended many times because they were offended, like, leave me alone. Um, actually, I was saddened because it, it, I didn't come to this revelation of reclaiming our birthrights and really going forward with that until after both of my grandmothers, who only birthed at home, had passed away maybe 10 years ago. So her. one of my grandmother's sister, this was there. I have a great aunt had other women and I've gone and they would tell me like my aunt will tell me about, um, what they did. She told me about some of my grandmother's birth, some things like that. So I've sought, you know, to connect some dots there. I also would ask my father, I would ask the old, just anyone that I could find in those areas. Tell me about, tell me about these things. Um, and I actually ran into a woman who, uh, said her grandmother, birthed <laughs> birthed in the area where my well she was a midwife in the area where my my family lived I don't know how I met her but she said she told me her great-grandmother's name she said all these things and so that's something that I'm looking at um you were you were saying how did I, how am I pursuing it literally today and always I kind of go Julia and I will I'm not afraid to ask a question And so I look for people in different countries on the other side of the world. I'm like, hello, (laughs) my name is, I work with women for in this area and I would like to know more about your postpartum practices, your birth and postpartum practices and traditions. Someone from Ghana, someone from um, Zimbabwe, someone just anywhere in the UK, in the whatever, I will tell you this. Um, there are more things that I find about the traditions of what happens with the baby naming ceremonies. What do you do at eight days for the baby? What do you do for the baby? But when I ask, well, tell me what they do with the mother. They tell me I will have to go and find someone that can answer that question for you it will most likely be one of the grannies in the village and they don't speak much English. And I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed that that part of it, when we talk about like really honoring our ancestors, I, I am searching for what did we do for the women? There, I mean, there are websites and this is how you, you know, this is the clothing that we wore and whatever. But what did they do with the women? Mm. So that informs me when I say, let's go back. I really believe that for this to be, I know, especially with Black women here in America, in order for this to work, it can't be our lack of access to hospitals or poverty. I tell people that all the time. People, people say, oh, it's a lack of care, you know, access to care. Um, well, see, my family was very poor. My, grandma, my mother grew up on a farm in Alabama, and my father grew up just very poor in Alabama. My big mama, that's my dad's mom, that's what we call her, she earned about $3 a day as a maid, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Poverty can't be it. That, that can't be the thread. No, I,
0: I agree. You know, and, and in my work looking into our Indigenous culture in Australia, we have actually very good breastfeeding rates amongst our Aboriginal population here. And I think that's because of the lack of intervention, you know. Yes. like Actually, when you get out of that system and you get yeah. in tune with your body and you get in tune with your baby and you've got your elders and your community supporting you, that that it's not it's not like it's not the answer isn't just help it's got to be the right kind of help and particularly culturally appropriate help and feminine help not this masculine industrialized
1: system absolutely i totally agree and that's what i've seen and so i find myself saying hey come on come on you know are you feeling called and i hear women all the time when they say i just learned we were i mean okay so the google you know black woman Maternity or pregnant or whatever—it's not all bad because what the black women are finding um, is a catch twenty-two. It's 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 like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Because sadly, when they go and look for relevant information about, like if it's cultural, the, some cultural context, they see oh, black women are dying. But some of them are saying, "I was looking up something about pregnancy, and I found out we're dying." I found out that we're dying and our babies are dying. So they're like, what can, what can I do? What can I do? You know? And I try to use that and say, come on, let's, let's go back. (laughs) Let's go back. And so um, most of what I do is inspired. A lot of what I'll say a lot of what I do is inspired by the fact that, you know, my mother is not here in a physical form wasn't here to show me exactly what to do with my babies when you know to help me whatever else Um. loving
0: this podcast check out our books at newbornmothers.com nourishing newborn mothers is a recipe book to nourish your mind body and soul after childbirth and my second book newborn mothers was a bestseller i know i can't believe it either it's about baby brain village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting you can get the first chapter free of both books at
1: newbornmothers.com slash books. And then I didn't ask my grandmothers. I did not ask them, you know, mm. what exactly, you know, what did you do? I mean, they were right there. Julia, every time I think about it, there's like a, it, it's one of those things where I often say, I don't live with the regrets. That's just one of those things that doesn't serve me well. Um, but if there's, any regret that I have, it is that I did not appreciate and understand fully the gift that my grandmothers were. One of them never none of neither of them, my my eighty year old grandmother, she never learned to read and write. My that was my father's mother, my ma my mother's mother, I think she got to sixth grade and neither her nor my grandfather ever went past the sixth grade in school. So this is, you know, and in their mind, because you know, we were educated, we were this, we were that and the other, we didn't want to hear their old way of doing mm. things. And I just wish I had known better. Mm. Now, so if was,
0: people are listening at home, go and do that.: Yes <laughs> if listening. If you have access to elders, go. Yes. And- ask them your important questions because you never know, you know, if or when you get a chance, because like you said, your mother died quite young. She must've been quite young. And so you just never know when that's going to happen. Um, And, and there's so few of these traditions. The other thing I'm hearing from you is it's a little bit like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. You might be missing pieces, you know, and you kind of will have to guess, well, I can guess from these surrounding pieces that this is the bit that should be there you know so we can't expect through this process of colonization globalization you know slavery industrialization there's so many big impacts in the world over the past few hundred years we can't expect to be able to access pristine like language and culture exactly as it was practiced but what we can do is find that energy and that um that intention and and just fill in the gaps you know so yeah i love this go on a relentless
1: search and ask everyone (laughs) i just i just got off the phone earlier with someone and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm always pulling on people. There are people that know this piece and that piece. And it's actually okay to get that piece and not feel like somehow, oh, this is not authentic because I don't know it all. My grandmothers both, they're about 30 miles away from apart in location. And while they did the same things, my father, it was not in the, con- in the country, as we called it, they used, they wrapped my big mama with um, an old sheet. <laughs> but in the country part, my, they were saying, um, in the very rural area, they were saying, well, we used girdles after birth. You know, that's what we did. I would have thought it would have been opposite, but it, was the, it, it served the same purpose, to close mm-hmm. her up. And so there might be things that are done differently, slightly differently, but there is a thread that goes through all of it. I didn't know my sisters and I have two sisters. I'm a middle girl. And then there's an older and a younger. We didn't know much, but something in us, um, we knew that after we had our babies, that we needed to be there for each other. So literally hundreds of miles away from each other, um, we would, If someone, when when the baby, whoever was having the baby, it was like, okay, you go the first week, I can take my vacation. I can take holiday from work. You go the first week, I'll go the second week. We pieced together what we knew. Mm -hmm. She knew that I didn't need to be cooking and the other, you know, some, they knew I didn't need to be cooking and I didn't need to worry about my other children. And I didn't need to worry about cleaning up. And they did all of those things. Um, and I I love what you said about the jigsaw puzzle because truly you know um, most African Americans are jigsaw puzzles we're all pieced together and we're intermingled together and so mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges is um, to not do what was done fifty years ago that landed us in this place. I'm grateful for the technology, the medical interventions for those that need them, right? When we try to recreate something to perfection, like I'm going to make this, you know, I'm going to, to do this exactly the way this is or that is, sometimes we focus more on that than we do appreciating the integration of, of all of that we have at our disposal to choose from, you know, we can mm-hmm. choose from so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, we can say, Oh, okay. That's a wonderful thing. You know, you look around the world and you see what people are doing in postpartum and there's there's shift, like there's small little details that might be different, but they all end up serving the same kind of purpose. Yeah, And so, you know, reclaiming is, and, and really listening to this ancestral call. I love what you said. It's more about the intention. It's more about the energy that you bring to it than it is about knowing a specific prayer someone prayed or um, this is the exact thing that was done. I don't know why, but I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 not always, it's not necessarily that part of it. It's about understanding I heard someone say this once they were they were saying i think they were generally talking about um, african ancestry and they were saying you know we shouldn't seek to recreate what was you know i always tell people take the best of what they had to offer take the best the most amazing things of what they had to offer and the things we've learned let's build upon them but not necessarily to recreate what they've done but to take the energy of what they did the for example the whole context of serving the whole context of of whatever we live in different world now where um we're a bit more distant from nuclear families we don't you know we're not it's not the same so you take the best of it and you build um it's very unlikely that we're going to be able to recreate what was 50 years ago in the United States with black women it's just not going to happen we did it out of necessity you know these women they knew all kinds of things they knew herbalist things my father would say that the midwife was the one that you called when you hurt yourself you know they knew how to heal you they knew how to do whatever okay Well, now we have other options and things we know about, we have access to different things. So we don't necessarily recreate it. But if we stood on the energy and stood on everything that they were, and we built upon it, we could do amazing things. We could do amazing things.
0: I love it. I love it. Are you able to share any of the sort of postpartum traditions that you've learned or is that sort of secret women's business?
1: (laughs) I mean, it's, uh, there are a lot of things that, um, it's amazing because like, for example, when Layla, we talked about closing the bones and things, I've learned things from some um, that I call continental Africans, those that are born and raised on the African continent. I've learned some things, um, and some things that I do with, um, that look, (laughs) they look exactly Mm -hmm. like what it's done as far as, you know, um, closing her up and, and literally going from head all the way down her body. She's from South Africa and she taught me this. She said, This is this is what we do, this is how we massage her. So, um, but there was also a context, um, not just of using this material to like close her, to to pull her together, not just doing it um in that context, but there's also the context where she was like, you know, you really need to allow your energy to like uh, allow yourself to feel where this mom is. Allow yourself to feel that. So some of it is very specific. Um, there are um teas and things. When it comes to teas and, and and um postpartum drinks and things like that and things that can be uh people can drink. Um I don't often recommend much because <laughs> Uh, I, I know that that's particular to different to different situations, so I don't just say, "Okay, take this, take that, take the other." I'll work with someone that I know really works with um, in herbalism, and I'll say, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is this mom's situation. This is where she is, and they might have a specific need." Um, but my the the things that I do know the belly binding, um, wearing even even the, the therapy of wearing. Um, and carrying your baby, those kinds of things um, are, are really things that have proven to really be soothing to moms who, for whatever reason, it's like, huh, I make Sankofa wraps. I, I call them Sankofa wraps. And I make these long six yard, you know, long wraps. And I teach moms how to use those to bind their bellies I teach them how to use them even pre while they're pregnant. I teach them how to carry their babies with it. So we use it for a bunch of different things. Um, Yeah. The postpartum, honestly, um, because most of the women that I work with are working moms. So I find myself that, um, like I have one, she's going back to work next week and Mm -hmm. The question is always, um, when she. I'll I'll put it this way. She, um, she, got home. She had. She was in the hospital for about a week. I went and visited her a couple times, but she got home, and so I'm checking on her. How are you? And um, she's like, I had to cook. You know, I had to figure out food for the family. Now it seems strange because the the idea deal would be that she would be in the bed, that someone would be there serving her and all these other things. But the truth of the matter for me, if I'm honest, when it comes to a lot of the women um, that I end up helping, it's a different kind of connection than what I would want. I would love to be able to go and just be in that servant role. But what it actually ends up looking like for me, um, because the value that's not quite there yet for this postpartum care um what it actually looks like is that i'll go i will have time where i pamper i just call it pampering you know in the united states we have all kinds of laws if you say massage if you say whatever everything has a law something to it some type of whatever so i do mommy pampering and she's on the floor and you know and and it's the, the closing with the material and it's the massaging. It's, it's everything. Um, it's words of affirmation spoken over her. Um, the, all those things happen. Um, but there are women that are very hesitant about, and, and I hate to say it like all oh, black women <laughs> or African-American <laughs> women, but I'm going to be honest with you, Julia. Um, The truth of the matter is, and I, I had to say this at a, um, at a, conference I spoke at um, once, I I told them three things. I said, African-American women are less likely to have a stranger come in their home and clean it for them. African-American women are less likely to have a stranger come in their home and cook for them. And African-American women are less likely to have someone that's a stranger to them, come to their birth, um, care for their baby, all these things that doulas see as a universal kind of thing. um, There's a bit of hesitation there. And it is very cultural. And so I'm very careful when I go into mom's space. I feel her out because you don't just walk into her home and say, oh, I got this. I'll do, it's just different. So -hmm. a lot of what I end up doing for them, understanding this cultural piece that is different. I will, I'll see if she welcomes me in this, whatever space. So maybe the baby's staying in her room. And I say, oh, do I, would you like me to come in here? You know, if it's, you know, because some people are like, no, I'll bring it out, believe it or not, this is this is how, you know, it's, it's a big step to allow somebody to come into their space. Even though postpartum is very vulnerable times, some are still very mindful of space. And so when I look around, I say, oh, what have you been doing lately? Because it's really hard to get them to sit down. It's really hard um, for a lot of things. I mean, it just wasn't a luxury. And um, a lot of times you'll hear the, oh, you're lazy you get all these, this feedback. Mm. And so um, I understand it and I don't try to make them do that. I just you say, are. Oh, <laughs> you know, what, what are you, what are you up to? Oh, let, why don't you sit down and let me fold the baby's clothes? Yeah. I had to, I had to get this and then let me, let me do that for you. Well, what do you I have all these things here? Well, let me do that for you. And honestly, that's what a lot of my postpartum work ends up looking like. What can I help you do? What can I help yeah. you do? And yeah, there there
0: is a big cultural. You know, you have to be re- very culturally aware, don't you? We have a similar kind of situa- situation, obviously, with our Aboriginal people in Australia the, with the history of really this generation. I yes, wasn't aware. I was not aware. Well, because we had the stolen generation, you know, not that long ago, one of the biggest concerns for Aboriginal women having babies is that they are going to be seen as a not good enough mum and they'll have their baby taken away. So there is a real fear of not looking completely capable, competent on top of everything. And I think probably within their own community it's different, you know, they'd have their their families around them. But in terms of coming in as a stranger or as a professional, um, there's definitely very much a concern that that. You know that if you're in a position of authority, and particularly if you're a white person, um, you know, like who are you reporting to? You know, are you really spying yeah. on me? You know, and babies still do get taken away from Aboriginal mothers in Australia oh. at a much higher yeah. rate than than the white population. Um, yeah. so it is a genuine concern. So, you know, it's obviously a different cultural situation, but I think I can understand that, that, yes. you know, you really have to be very, very aware of who you're working with and of not coming in with preconceived ideas of how things should look or be, or how she should Definitely. be behaving, you know, so
1: or yeah. how she should receive what you're doing. Because yeah. what I find is after consistency of that, I mean, and it will take weeks like consistently, how are you today? What are you feeling? I'm really frustrated today. Tell me what's frustrating you today. And after a while, I would just say, hey, is there anything I can do? And now it wasn't like pulling teeth. It was like, I would love it if you would come help me do this. Mm -hmm. I would love it if you would come, whatever. I said, oh, you haven't had a rub down. I just, that's why I'll say like, you haven't had a rub down lately, huh? Oh, I would love it if you would do that for me. I would love it if you would, do you know this for me. Then it's like they're more open. And although it's not, it's really challenging because you can be there and you can do for that mom in that space. But I'll always hear, can you please come and tell my husband, my guy that? And you come tell him mm-hmm. because a lot of times or or I will, you know, help them walk through scenarios, you know, um, I said you have to tell your friends. You know here these might be other black women you know you have to tell your friends that you know you're out of your three weeks postpartum you know your child can't participate in that because you're the only transportation is that what you're feeling well I really don't want to disappoint anyone and I really don't and so you can do what you do to help while you're there with them but then when you leave you know yeah, and I, and I called back and I said, how are you? What did you do? How have you been? I had to take this one to do that one or I had to, I had to leave and not. It's okay. So you're resting now? And a lot of it is just really, honestly, for me, for those that are having a hard time really embracing this postpartum period because they always had to get up and do what they had to do. And I have to, you know, I, I got it. I'll, I'll deal with it. Um, it's just embrace, helping them embrace the notion that, you know, it's okay if you rest, it's okay. You know, many people will, will talk about, oh, during slavery and it never stopped. And during Jim Crow, you know, during segregated times, um, you know, we had to get up and we had to do what we had to do, you know. And so sometimes the mothers will say that, mm-hmm. I never got to rest that long. You know, I never got to do whatever. So it's really about helping them embrace that. And from me, um, sometimes, you know, they'll look and they'll say, well, no, she said, you know, she said that this is normal. It's normal to still feel fatigued right now. You know, it's it's normal to still feel a little tired, like I need rest. And sometimes they just really want permission. If that's Mm. a, a thing, can someone give me permission to be tired and to say, I want to rest? Mm -hmm. Can someone just say it's okay? And a lot of times, even though their postpartum period doesn't look the way I would love it if you know, for it to look, (laughs) sometimes it's just a matter of me saying, It you know, that's really normal, you know, and, and to explain your body's done this and that, your body is doing this and it's adjusting and your hormones are adjusting. I can understand why you feel this way. Sometimes it that's the work and I look at it as because I can't make this woman do it. Maybe it'll be something that someone can share with their daughter. You know, maybe they can be, you know, maybe the rebuilding and the reclaiming is I, you know, I want to help my daughter this way. You know, I want to do this, this way. So maybe that's something. And I look Mm -hmm. at it like that.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's right small steps we just we just get it back one puzzle piece (laughs) at a time don't we (laughs) yeah and um (laughs) absolutely so if people are listening at home and want to learn more about what you do
1: um tell us (laughs) us what you do (laughs) oh where do i start um (laughs) my focus my my greatest focus is on encouraging um African-American women, women of African descent in the, in the U.S. to reclaim our birthrights. They were only 50 years ago. It's not that far away. Um, my website is drdula.com, and there I have um, something I call Birth Her Story. Those are stories that I publish about experiences of Black women, um, uh, older some older Black women, some Younger, some midwives, things like that. Um, I also do Sankofa Birth Ambassador workshops. People are like, "Is that a doula?" Not really. Um, amazingly, like every other word, it seems to do with birth. Ambassador um, means servant, <laughs> and so um, it's more about helping. Uh, there are women that that, that contact me from all different places with all different backgrounds. And sometimes they just don't know where to start. But in the United States, um, the birth culture can seem a bit antagonistic for black women. And and it's not because anyone means for it to be that way. Uh, It just feels that way sometimes them so my goal is to it's to stop the bleed of black women that are trying to get into birth you know if you're if you're interested in it let me help you um let me help you get you know get your get your feet wet let me help you introduce you to some things remind you of some things you know help you get yourself grounded so that you know what your fate you'll face in birth culture um Someone this week just said, you know, it was really challenging. I know that the white women in the room they meant well. Um, I was the only black woman in the room at this particular training, and they were saying, "Oh, we're so glad you're here. You're, you're, you know, people need you. You know, black women are dying, or whatever." And she said, "I don't know why that just felt so strange to me, you know, because that wasn't really why I was there. I was there because I felt this calling to it." And what I was reminded of was that we're dying. And so people don't always get that. Um, People don't always understand that, but they at the same time, they don't mean any harm. So the Sankofa Birth Ambassador workshops, it's just an opportunity, it's a virtual workshop, and it's an opportunity for people for, and not just for women of African descent specifically, but anyone that's searching to be connected to culture the culture of their ancestral roots. I wanna help facilitate that because that is the thing um, in the US. It's like, oh, kumbaya, we're all one. It doesn't matter, our differences don't matter. And often people of diverse cultures are like, wait a minute, it does matter what my differences are. So that's um, Sankofa Birth Ambassador Workshop. And I'm having, um, I, I usually do these things in person, um, help people in person, but it's the first time I'm doing it virtually, so I'm very excited about that starting in October. Um, this is also in, in line with work that my husband and I do. We have uh, a, a not for profit organization called Harmonic Connections Plus where we have sought to reconnect people within just indigenous roots to understand the importance of the 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 merging of what is modern with what is indigenous, for our for the best results in so many areas, so in that um, we deal with indigenous knowledge we 've done work in um, collaborations in South Africa um, at an indigenous with an indigenous knowledge center at a university, and we 're very excited about that, so that 's just another way that I get to connect with birth around the world and and get really excited about all of that but um DrDula.com. It's very simple, drdoula.com and people can find out more about what I do. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> and thank you. I mean, I, I, it's amazing. You've inspired me so much more than you know. And <sighs> I love. I love knowing that on the other side of the world where you're like starting your day and I'm ending my day we, there's, there's this clarion call that says, answer the call, listen, you know, connect with your ancestors, connect, connect. I think it's a wonderful thing. I just, it, it excites me so much to know that. And um, you're pretty amazing in the work that you do. I've like, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know the work that you do. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. And it's something It's something to know that, you know, sometimes when you're doing the work that you're doing, you can feel like you're alone. And listening to you was one of the first times I said, "Ah." (laughs) wow, we're all out here saying the same things. I know the internet
0: is just amazing, isn't it, to be able to find other people. Yeah, no, I agree.
1: It's amazing. And I do feel
0: like, you know, I've been doing postpartum work for about 10 years now. I've definitely seen, even just in the last three or five years, I'm definitely seeing a a revival. I really think, I call it the postpartum renaissance, you know, because we are really are getting back in touch with these. Um, traditions you know all over the world and I've even noticed a lot of really um, there's a lot more mainstream books about these kind of topics now and Definitely. you know it's a lot more blogs, a lot more women sharing their stories just on social media and things so absolutely no, I agree it's coming we're rising up.
1: <laughs> we are we are rising and we are taking our place because you know I, I tell people when I get on my little rants you know I say we save ourselves. We heal ourselves, but throughout history, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking, I'm speaking like to an African American group and I'll say, we heal ourselves. We, we, we save ourselves. But the truth is like you talk about, you know, um, reaching back to your ancestral past. If we go back far enough, all of us have had to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. We've all had to be in that place where we healed ourselves. Mm -hmm. And women played such an important role in that and in healing and keeping the family healthy and whole and all of those things. And as we place more value on that, I just believe the world will, will do some amazing things. Like there'll be changes that we see that can't come about in any other way Mm -hmm. until we embrace this again, Uh, embrace it for what it is, embrace it, accept whatever we need to accept. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I was lied to. I felt that at one point. I was lied to. No, embrace it, What you can control. You control what you can't, see if you can influence it, but embrace it and begin to teach our daughters. And this Renaissance that you talk about is, is here. Mm-hmm. We, just have to, we just have to go with it and we have to be bold enough to stand and, and do this work, mm-hmm. you know, and accept it and receive it, you know?
0: Yes, definitely yeah. the receiving as well. You know, you talk a lot about how it's difficult sometimes working with clients who aren't ready to receive, but uh-huh. we need to re- be able to learn to do that ourselves too. So Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Have you got anything
1: else to add? I just, re- just accept the call. <laughs> what? Just accept the call. Don't run from it. I'll be honest. When I have I finished my doctorate, I said, "Why in the world would I want to go into a field birth work?" <laughs> what? I can do a lot of things and be held in all this esteem and in all of these things, and I'm being called to help moms with babies. I didn't have a very high. You know, I didn't think very much of it. I walked away from it for two years. I was like, forget this. But here I am again. And all I'll say is answer the call in your own way. What is that? What is whoever is listening? What is that part that you're supposed to play? What is the part that you're supposed to play? Whatever part that is (laughs) you're supposed to play, play that part, play that role and understand the impact that you are having on this generation, on the people closest to you, but that this work radiates. When Mm -hmm. you are there for a mom and and her family and you you are like blessing that entry of this new person in the family, when you're able to do that, you are impacting generations. Mm
0: -hmm. And it is
1: time for us to answer that call to impact the generations, answer the call to heal ourselves and to save ourselves. That's what I would say. I love
0: it. I love it. I can't even, I don't even know what to say in response. That's just perfect. (laughs) I'm lost for words. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your message um, with all of us. And um, yeah, we'll stay in touch. And anyone who wants to go and take a look, go to drdula.com. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. See you later.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.